0: nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand." We've been looking at this amazing psalm of strength as we seek strength for our bodies, specifically this interesting dynamic that's introduced here. This interesting part of God being at our right hand and us being at God's right hand. Verse eight, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Yesterday, we looked at what it means to have God at our right hand, the strength of God's protection and the strength of God's provision. Today, let's look at what it means for us to be at God's right hand There are two things that give us strength from this. The right hand of the king was a place of reward. God is the king. You are at the place of reward. In verse 11, in this one verse, we see the reward of God's guidance, presence with you throughout the day, joy in your presence, the reward of God's promise of eternity, eternal pleasures at your right hand. You are at God's right hand. God is at your right hand. The picture that is here, how can it be? How can we both be at each other's right hand? Well, it can't be both if you and God are standing beside each other. To be at one another's right hand. The only way, if you think of this as a picture, to be at each other's right hand is if you are standing face to face or back to back. I'm at God's right hand. He's at my right hand when we are standing face to face. And there's some truth in this verse about that. The Hebrew word for presence in verse 11, the literal meaning is before God's face. It's a reminder that the best way to find strength is not side by side, but face to face. In verse eight, uh, it says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord, depending on him. God is not added to our life to give us strength. He is all that we need for strength. In this picture, now David will say in other psalms that God is at his side, but in this messianic psalm of strength, God is not an addition at my side. He is the central focal point of my life, and in him I find strength face to face. What about when I'm facing an enemy? Well, God has my back. If God is for me, who can be against me? He surrounds me. This reminds me of that Song Goodness, we sing at church ever before me, ever behind me, every day of my life. We know from the New Testament that these words are about Jesus. David knew the only way he had these things was because of the promised Messiah. The only reason you can be face to face with God is because of what Jesus faced at the cross. In his death and resurrection, he opens the door in our life to God's protection. God's provision, God's presence, and God's promise of rewards. So I'm going to finish today's devotional with Paul's sermon in Acts 13, where he references this psalm. Acts 13, verses 14-42. through 42. Paul and his followers have just showed up to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. After reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. For about 40 years, he endured their conduct in the wilderness. And he overthrew seven nations in Canaan, giving their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin who ruled 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has promised to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, He said, Who do you suppose I am? I am not the one you are looking for, but there is one coming after me whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, By raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, You are my son. Today I have become your father. God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay. As God has said, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is also stated elsewhere, You will not let your holy one see decay. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Quote, "Look you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe even if someone told you." As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. Well, let's turn to our prayer emphasis for today. Let's pray for those who do not believe yet. Our daily prayer emphasis is the lost Romans 8.15, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Let's pray that the Father would draw the lost to Jesus. Bind the spirit that blinds their minds. Pray that other believers will cross their paths and enter into a positive relationship with them.